Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hello, podcast world. Hello. That's a tip of my hat to Robin Williams. That's my Good Morning Vietnam FNO Insure Tech podcast welcome. That, that was okay. It was. It, you got it. Is that what you're saying to me? Did yeah. you kind of get it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I got it. Okay. I mean, it could have been a little longer, a little louder, a little more uh-huh. Robin yeah. Williamish. But, you know, it was for yeah. our for our podcast. I thought it was great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of course, you were probably four when Good Morning Vietnam came out in the theaters, right? Perhaps. Uh-huh. I've seen it, I think. It was a great movie. I've at least seen that section of it. It was a great movie. I am of the age where I actually remember the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, well, you also rode horse and buggy too, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I did. Actually, covered wagon. But, <laughs> covered uh, wagon with a Dutch yeah, oven? Yeah. So, um, but none of what we're talking about has anything to do with our guest today. No. I can't tie covered wagons or Good Morning Vietnam to our guest in our continuing series of hippo interviews or interviews of people who work at hippo or who founded hippo or who helped change hippo. We have another one today. And you know, hippo is such a big deal in the insurtech world that you could just do interview after interview after interview of in and around and about hippo and people would be interested in, and, um, yeah. so, uh, so we, so we are, we, so we are, so we, yeah, cause we are, we are podcast rating conscious. And, That's right. uh, anyway, we had Yuval Harry on recently to talk about a strategic partnership they're doing with kangaroo. Mm-hmm. We're so enamored with him that we decided to have him back on for his own episode. And without further ado, let's go straight to our interview with Yuval Harry, Chief Revenue Officer at Hippo. Hey, everybody. We're here with our very special guest, Yuval Harry from Hippo. And in our continuing series of having people on from Hippo, and there's two (laughs) reasons why we have Yuval on. One is because Yuval is the Chief Revenue Officer at Hippo. So he has a very interesting job there, and it's a very interesting company that he works for. So we wanted to uh, continue our series, informal series, of talking about really one of the cutting-edge, most innovative insurtechs that is out there today. So without me saying any more, welcome back, Yuval. You've been here before. And, and where do we find you today? Thanks, Rob and Lee, for having me on again. You're finding me in uh, San Francisco. We have two main locations. One is in Texas and the other is in the Bay Area, and I'm in the Bay Area. What a wonderful place to be. I love that area. Absolutely. It is a very sunny day here. We are still uh, mostly working remotely. So your offices are still fairly empty? The offices are still fairly empty. We're down in Palo Alto. We occasionally pop in from time to time. Mm -hmm. It's mostly uh, still remote work. 
You know, I was reading the other day that a lot of people are fleeing out of San Francisco during this pandemic, that they're they're moving to cheaper locations. Is that actually happening? Is that something you can actually see going on? I think there's a lot of noise around it. And there's definitely, I'm sure there's some level of migration. I don't know to say if it's more or less than previous yeah. periods in time. You know, I think that uh, it's just become a little bit more noisy around people and funds and companies that have been departing. I think the notion of the the demise of uh, the Bay Area and San Francisco might be a little uh, premature, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> sure. I was wondering about that. I guess I also want to ask, I was reading in a book just last night about why people go to the Bay Area, Palo Alto, to start their companies because of all of the connections to all of the other technologies and insurtechs in our case. Is that how come the company was founded there or is there another reason? No, I, th- I think it does have to do with the network effects, right? Whether you're talking about the funding community, whether you're talking, I think mostly on the talent side. Okay, yeah. I think, you know, if you want to hire top engineers, if you want to hire people that have scaled companies, if you want to hire product managers with specific expertise, right? It's just, there's an availability of folks in this area that make at least access. I'm not saying it's easy. It's very hard to recruit. It's very hard to maintain a company here, but at least from an access perspective, I think it does make some components easier, at least when you're starting out. That's kind of the gist of it, in my opinion. Let's jump in and talk about Hippo and and about what you do there. And we've heard about Hippo in the past, but why don't you just kind of bring us up to date? Give us the latest one or two minute introduction on what the heck is Hippo and then and then tell us what you do there. Absolutely. So Hippo is a modern home insurance company. We basically started in, in 2015 and have been uh, scaling relatively quickly. We can talk about the the variety of different reasons the company was started and what we're focused on. My specific role at Hippo is top line revenue. So I'm responsible for our sales <laughs> and the variety of different distribution channels by which we, we sell our product. How long have you been with the company? I've been with the company for three years now. I joined mostly to establish our B2B2C distribution. Mm-hmm. So what that means is If you think about our distribution, the company really started as a direct to consumer. That was our initial channel, you know, driving traffic to our website and converting there. But uh, we have other distribution channels as well. We sell a lot through agents. We sell a lot through other insurance companies. We also sell through partners. And what do I mean by that? I mean, uh, these are not necessarily companies that are primarily focused on selling insurance. Typically, these are companies in the home transaction space because, you know, a lot of times when you're buying home insurance, it's not that you're really shopping for home insurance. What you're really doing is buying a home. When you're buying a home, you typically also need a mortgage. And there's a lot of different companies and people involved in the transaction. And what we do is partner with those companies primarily in the process of of somebody buying a home to offer the Hippo product as part of them selling something else. Um, And that has been my focus at the company when I started. And so kind of setting up our distribution channels, which uh, I I think we're going to talk about. And then uh, over time, uh, you know, several months ago, took uh, ownership over uh, uh, all of our channels. You know, it's uh, it's interesting to me. I think that, like you were saying, it started direct to consumer that I think that 
there was probably some hope that consumers would just flock to websites and do it all themselves. But that's not what you guys found was the case, obviously, right? Tell us about how that process, was that the evolution that occurred? So that's absolutely true. Look, I think at the core of it, insurance is still a very hard product to buy. Think about the experience, right? You visited an open uh, open house uh, a couple of times. You decided to put down an offer. You're trying to secure your mortgage. You're trying to get insurance, and all of a sudden, you're you you know you need to call an agent, and you're on the phone with them for 30 minutes trying to answer questions like, "Where's the nearest fire hydrant?" Right? And right. so, where's the nearest fire hydrant? Where what is the slope of uh, of the lot? And when was the roof last replaced? And you have no idea how to answer this, these questions. And in addition to it being cumbersome, it is also could potentially lead to under insurance problems down the road because you answer these questions incorrectly. And so, you know, at the core of it, what we're enabling is a simplified version of buying insurance. The fastest way to enable that initially was in the direct to consumer flow, right? You, you go into our to hippo.com, you put in your name, your address, and you could get a quote because we're right. collecting all the information in the background. Right. But what we're really after is making that purchase simple for the customer in whichever way they found us, right? So maybe they're talking to uh, an agent, but maybe instead of uh, answering those 60 questions over 30 minutes, the agent can also provide them with that very simplified quote, right? And maybe they're trying to secure a mortgage and in the process of getting that mortgage, they've already provided all the information that the origination right. company requires in order to provide a quote. And so what we're really enabling is that simplified purchase for customers in whichever channel uh, that they found us. So yes, we started with the direct-to-consumer, but obviously have, have a very strong and important channel with agents and have a very strong and important channel with partners as well. First of all, you hit one of the nails on the head. I have just recently, coincidentally, been going through trying to get new insurance policies, both on my house and my car. And what a hassle. I, I haven't used an agent yet. I've been trying to do it online in service of my hobby of this podcast, right? And it's hard. It's It, it just strikes me as too hard and too slow. Is that just the nature of the product? Is, does it have to be that way? No, we believe it does not, right? And so basically today, uh, again, think of the experience, right? You're, you're spending 30 minutes on the phone. You're answering 60 questions. It takes you days to actually get back the evidence of insurance. It's not typically available online. And it's not very accurate, right? Because there, it relies on a lot of information that the customer doesn't necessarily have and is not sure how to answer. And so, you know, what we've done initially is once you provide us your name and the address, we're able to hit 20, 30 different data sources in the back end to complete the, the pretty much the same underwriting form, right? That allows, that allows us to uh, fill out the application. Uh, still, there's a few underwriting questions, things of that nature. Uh, but you've moved now from 30 minutes and, and 60 questions to 30 seconds and a few minutes to complete a purchase. Um, by the way, in the case of partners, that process is even uh, simpler, right? Because a lot of times you've already provided 
the information that the, the partner might need in order to get the right home insurance policy. And so uh, our goal is, you know, to make that entire cumbersome process, one, more accurate, absolutely. And the other, the other is more just a lot faster, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're trying to achieve those components regardless of the way that people prefer to purchase, you know, whether they want to do it completely on their own, whether they do want to talk to an agent, absolutely, uh, we, we support that heavily, right? But the idea is that we make it simple for them and more accurate in terms of the coverage that they're getting. You know, you've been at this for a while in the world of, of insured tech. Is that underwriting process done? Like, is that something you figured out or is that something you're still trying to get better at? And if so, are you using the information you've gathered over these years to make it better? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's an ongoing process for sure. It's absolutely a work in progress. The cycle loop of improving it, right? Once you're using data and data yeah. sources is fundamentally quicker and our ability to improve our over time is, is better. And by the way, we, you, we can talk about particular examples, right? Like in the partnership space, think of a new build, right? When a builder is essentially deciding to, to build a new home, they have the exact specification of the home that they are building, right? They have all the information that we need in order to provide a very tailored quote for that home. And if there are additional sources of data that we would like to use, well, they probably have it. Right. And so those are situations where you could leverage data to create very tailored policies that are very accurate to that to the needs of that particular home. Why don't we talk just a second about partnerships? Before we start our podcast, I told you that I feel like Hippo comes up in every conversation I have nowadays. I want to say it's because I see your name everywhere with these strategic partnerships. ADT just got announced. We've talked to you about Kangaroo, all these partnerships. Talk to me about what are you really doing with these partnerships with these other companies? What is your ultimate goal there? Yes. So let's break it down a little bit on the partnership side, right? So there are a few, call it different sub-channels, if you will, for partners. The first one has to do mostly with uh, partners in the home transaction space, right? So you're trying to uh, buy uh, a new home or uh, an existing home. And in that process, you know, there might be a builder associated with it. There might be an origination company. There might be a real estate company, right? And so on those, the idea is, hey, there's a lot of information and there's a lot of knowledge with the partner and with the customer on the home that they're moving into. Can we embed through our technology the hippo product into the sale uh, and into the uh, sale process of something else, right? So we have a channel with builders, we have a channel with mortgage origination, we have a channel with real estate companies. And so that's, that's call it the home transaction space. These are typically very high intent customers, right? They have to get insurance. And the idea there is to make it very, very simple for them. There are additional channels as well, smart home being one of them. And you mentioned uh, ADT as an example. With smart home, I want to distinguish between kind of our name gets kind of uh, thrown around and, 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 you know, we're mentioned in a variety of different contexts there. There's two kind of elements here. There's the smart home program that Hippo has, right? This is embedding smart home as part of what our policy, what our customers are getting and into our policy. There's also a smart home distribution channel, which is, 
you know, for customers of ADT, for customers of Simply Safe, for customers of Kangaroo that have invested and and already put smart home into their homes, can we also make them benefit from a connection to the insurance company and to the insurance policy? And so that is more of a distribution play, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So whenever you're looking at the smart home, I assume two different teams, you have the ones who are working on the distribution side, and then those that you're working more on, say, the claim integrated side of of smart devices, if if I'm saying that right. These partnerships on the smart home side typically include both of those components, so both the distribution of the partner's, you know, smart home devices and kits, as well as the partner distributing the HIPPO product to their customers. In the end, it comes down to a few key components. One, when customers of a smart home provider come to Hippo, we would like within the flow to identify already that they are customers of that partner and provide them, you know, verify in real time the type of devices that they have and then apply in real time the discounts that might be relevant for them. And that's kind of one thing, right? Customers that already right. have smart home that are coming into our flow. Right. We also want to make our product available to these customers, right? So make them aware. Maybe they found Hippo on their own, but maybe the, the partner referred them to Hippo. That's kind of one component. Then to those customers that are coming to us and don't necessarily have an existing smart home solution or want to enhance their smart home solution, we also want to provide them with a variety of options that, you know, whether it's a self-monitored kit, we've spoken about Kangaroo and Notion in the past, or whether it's a professionally monitored kit from companies like Simply Safe and ADT that we want to offer to our customers. And so that's kind of, uh, with all of these partners, the idea is to um, provide a variety of different benefits, both on their existing customers, as well as those that do not have smart home yet. That's what I'm hearing is, is that you're trying to approach the relationship differently. Whereas historically, like, I mentioned that I'm looking for insurance. I am insured by a very old, well-known insurance company. The only time I ever hear from them only is when I get my bill, which I'm sitting here looking at right now. That's when I hear from them. Other than that, I hear nothing. You guys are saying, you know what? We're going to come from an entirely different direction. And to to facilitate that, we're going to create all these partnerships. Or part of that is that, correct? Yes. I mean, I, th- I think it's part of it. You've hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, essentially <laughs> the relationship today between insurance companies and customers, right? And, you know, th- they often don't even call them customers, right? They call them policyholders, right? Correct. The interaction is they sell a policy on day zero. They try to have actually no meaningful interaction with them whatsoever. Everybody's worried about this location, about things of that nature. And down the years, down the road, nine years down, they might have a claim. And that's, uh, that's apart from billing and renewal, those are the only interactions that they have. What we are trying to do is to say, hey, you know, we're not trying to be Facebook, your, your best friend. We are an insurance uh-huh. company. What we're trying to say is, are there touch points? Are there areas by which we can add value to that relationship throughout the customer lifecycle, right? And so... We think about, uh, I'd say, three main components that have to do with those interaction. The first is that we want to continuously underwrite the customer and the policy. What do I mean by that? 
I mean that we're trying to make sure that they have the right coverage at any given point, right? So if you, uh, we can underwrite you on day zero and, uh, you know, take aerial imagery and be done at that point, we can also continuously monitor and see that if Rob added a pool, uh, we might want to reach out and offer you to increase your, your liability coverage, right? Because you probably need it. And so that's the continuous underwriting part. Smart home is another component, right? We're, we're trying to help customers mitigate loss ahead of time before it happens. Smart home is one component of that. I think you're familiar with the shelter acquisition and, and basically our yes. work with Hippo Home Care. That is another component of that. They all, by the way, tend to work very well together because you know if you're already going to a customer's home and you're doing proactive maintenance to avoid a claim, a potential claim down the road, that is also an opportunity for you to make sure that the smart home is properly installed. You know, we're trying again to uh, provide meaningful interactions with our customers to help them protect their homes ahead of time and to prevent uh, damage from happening. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about all of these smart devices in these houses, and we have to talk about the event that just happened in Texas last week from when we're actually recording this, where thousands and thousands of pipes broke. And whenever we think about smart home, a lot of times we think about water detection devices. And I just want to ask, did, did having those smart devices in the home assist it with, with these losses with your insurance? Absolutely. The device that detects a water leak, unfortunately, right, is not going to stop the, 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 the pipe from bursting. There are devices in the market today that do that. We, sure. we are absolutely, you know, one of the devices that we absolutely love is, is the water shutoff device, right? So Of course. Um, I think uh, we might have talked about it briefly last time, but if you look at new builds as an example, that is one of the uh, opportunities and the areas by which you know these devices could be installed. And in fact, I think if you've uh, seen Lennar, I think starting October, they started installing flow water shutoff devices in every home. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wouldn't wow. that be something very meaningful to the event that you're mentioning in Texas? Absolutely. Yeah, you're talking about billions of dollars of savings, literally billions. Yes. And so Lennar, starting uh, October, uh, has basically started to install flow water shutoff devices in every new home that is being built. That device is going to talk to the HIPPO policy, as an example, right? The back ends, Wonderful. The backends are going to be connected. Customers are both going to benefit from a meaningful discount on the water shutoff device. And hopefully, right, these devices are also going to be very beneficial to customers and to us in terms of preventing claims when situations like this occur. And so that is a very meaningful push for us. It's obviously a harder thing to do to retrofit existing homes because of the cost of the device, right? And because of the installation that's required. But that is definitely the types of uh, initiatives and the types of uh, ideas that uh, we are pushing forward with. So I want to talk about being a chief revenue officer at an insure tech carrier, because you guys are an insurance carrier now. Is that correct? That is also true. Correct. Yes. Congratulations on that transition. Yes. Thank you. Not many can say that, but that's a big step forward for you all, I, I know. Let's talk just for a second about you and your background. You are a, a native-born Israeli. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you kind of came up and got to Hippo. 
Sure. I spent some time in the, in the Israeli military. I was trained as an engineer, came to the U.S. for my MBA. After that, uh, I've done a little bit of consulting and fell in love with sales and the sales function. I spent a good amount of time at uh, places like LinkedIn on the, on the sales uh, leadership team there. Later led sales at uh, another startup, actually selling cars, believe it or not. <laughs> A platform for selling used cars. It's actually now a public company called Shift Technologies. Yeah, yeah. Was head of sales there. And of course, the natural progression was to move to uh, selling uh, insurance. Got to meet uh, Asaf and understood what the company was after. I knew very little about the insurance market, but have learned to, to actually love it, right? It has all the components of, you know, all the components of innovating with technology are available in this market. It's a it's a fascinating market with a lot of opportunity. You know, you're helping customers, right? And so I was passionate about that and about the opportunity. I decided to come to Hippo. I joined, we were probably 25 people over a restaurant in, in Mountain View. And now there's probably uh, half the people in the company I have not met because they joined in the past year and we've been working remote. But, you know, joined primarily to lead our partnership distribution efforts. And it's been a blast. Was that one of the attractive things to you when you took a step back and looked at it? You said, here's this insurance world that's unspoiled. It's, you know, it hadn't been overrun by technology yet. It hadn't been, all of the opportunities didn't feel like they were gone. Is that how you saw it? That there was just so much room to innovate and pioneer that that would be exciting? Look, I mean, uh, when you break it down, right, it's a vast market. It's actually very hard to start an insurance company. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you, you, you realize that deeply, right? It's very hard to start an insurance company. Hippo has had the good fortune of crossing, you know, the initial barriers, whether it's carrier and reinsurance capacity and regulation. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you have to cross. It's not simple, right? It's not one of those companies that a couple of people can just start in the garage and, and, and go with it. And so Hippo has had the, the, the good fortune of crossing those barriers. Once you cross those barriers, there is actually access to a huge untapped opportunity because, you know, at the gist of it, you know, we have a ton of respect for what's been done in the insurance space. And I think you, you know that, you know, we partner with a lot of different companies in the space. I think we just think that there's a way to evolve the industry and to make it uh, better and to modernize. I don't think we're necessarily disrupting uh, insurance. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure right. how, how fond we are of those definitions and things of that nature. I think what we're trying to do is to modernize the experience and to modernize what customers are getting. There's a lot of things that in insurance that uh, require improvement. Uh, you know, 40% of people, you know, in home insurance, after they f leave their insurance company within a year of filing a claim, uh, that, you know, which is... What percent? How big? It's about 40% of people that file a claim with their homeowner's insurance company leave... Because of dissatisfaction. Leave. Yeah, they're dis but that's what the insurance company is there for, right? Like, and right, so... Right. It's your number one product. It's your, it, that's your product. You're there in order to take care of people when bad things happen. And the fact that almost one in two people leave their company within a year of actually having a vent for which that's why they bought the product. That's mm -hmm. something that, uh, you know, just doesn't, it doesn't make sense, right? Like 
there is a current experience, right, that's been developed over a very large, uh, a very long period of time, right? The, uh, the average insurance company has probably been there. Uh, the top insurance companies have probably been there for, uh, you know, over 100 years on average. Yes. Yes. And uh, they've created a lot of great things. And there's also a lot of aspects that uh, need to be modernized, right? In terms of the, the experience and what customers are getting. And that's what we're focused on is, uh, is, is taking that experience. And whether it's on the purchase of the product, whether it's on making sure that they're getting the right coverage for what they need, whether it's on making the claims experience a lot less painful, whether it's on adding uh, some interactions that uh, provide them value over this uh, p- long period of time where they're y- your customer, that's what we're focused on. I was talking with somebody the other day and I said, Hippo is such a cool company. And so I'm sitting here thinking, you're making insurance cool. That when somebody tells me, oh yeah, my insurance carrier is Hippo, I'm like, yeah, they're so innovative and cool. But yet at the same time, you're still you're still traditional, right? You still come through when there's a claim. You still are there to take care of them. You want to communicate, but yet you want to do it in such a cool, hip way, right? We want to be there for you whenever you have a claim and also whenever you don't. And, and you know, I'll say that it seems to me that I'm thinking about coffee, right? And one of the things that Starbucks did, one, was they made coffee into an experience instead yeah. of this is what you drink in the morning to help you wake up. Yeah. It's still that. It's yeah, still that. It's still that. But they made it into something that was cool and hip and enjoyable and richer than anybody ever had imagined before. Let me actually take it even uh, back to your previous question on what attracted me to Hippo, right? Okay. A lot of times in the space, you will see companies that are either very focused on insurance and they're lacking the tech aspect, or they're very focused on tech and they're lacking the insurance aspect. What attracted me to Hippo was, you know, and I've been in industries before where there was a new entrant and, you know, trying to go in and say, hey, listen, everything here is broken. We're tech. We're going to fix it. Right. That's not necessarily the right approach. And in insurance, it's actually might be actually quite dangerous. Right. Because it is a heavily regulated industry. There are a lot of requirements. There are a lot of things that need to be done properly. And so to me, to me, what struck me with Hippo was this notion that, hey, it's both an ins- a very heavily focused insurance company and it has a very strong focus on technology. That balance is extremely important, in my opinion, in order to succeed in this particular space. You can't do one well without the other and expect to have success. And so, you know, the, the, the types of folks that we, we have at Hippo, we have a very strong core insurance team. These are people that uh, have been in the space for many, many years. And they understand, right, where the boundaries are, what are the things that are possible, what are the things that could use improvement. And to me, that was a very attractive component of Hippo. That the expertise was in place. That the expertise is in place because in the end of the day, what I want to spend my time on is I want to spend my time on making sure that customers are getting the experience that they want from their uh, insurance company. And not on things that are not necessarily beneficial to the experience, right? And, and it, because insurance is such a heavily regulated space, it's very important to get those boundaries right. And so to me, right, like the ability to understand very well the insurance component, you know, how to play within the boundaries, but still create the types of experiences that we're looking to create for customers, right? And, and, and so doing that in the right way 
was very important to me because that means we're spending time on the right things. You know, something else that I think really separates your company, I don't get on LinkedIn a lot, but whenever I do, I'm always seeing a new employee who is saying, I'm so excited to be starting my new job. And whenever I, I'm looking at a lot of these employees are coming from, you know, different industries or, or different areas are not all from the insurance. It seems like it seems like you're really recruiting talent that is going to help you uh, become the, the company you want to be. Yes, I mean, I, I, I think uh, absolutely. There's a variety of different expertise that are required for us to succeed in all of those uh, things that we're mentioning, right? And so Smart Home, we recently uh, added uh, Dave Wexler as VP of Growth, and he's mostly dealing with Smart Home. He's probably one of the uh, experts in the country that has been trying to connect Smart Home and insurance for, for many, many years. And so, you know, his expertise is in that, and that's outstanding for us, right? It's the same across a variety of different disciplines. It's always about creating that balance between insurance and technology and finding mm -hmm. people that help us on both ends. I'm kind of stuck on this Starbucks analogy here. You know, part of what made the experience occur, and this is what I think you're alluding to, is the fact that the coffee was good. Mm -hmm. If it would have been crappy coffee, then who knows where they would be today, but they, they started, the foundation was a quality product. And that's what I hear you saying is, is that the main reason that people come to you and that's for insurance is very good. And because of that foundation, it allows you to build a unique experience on a broader scale. Insurance is the core of what we do. It's the foundation and it has to be very strong, right? So for example, you know, we, we've modernized the actual insurance policy, right? It's more relevant to what people actually need today. Traditional insurance might still sell you on a lot of components that you don't necessarily need, right? Like coats, fur coats in, in, in China and paper stock certificates, right? Still covered under most insurance policies. We mm -hmm. basically went ahead and say, hey, these are somewhat obsolete items, but on the other hand, uh, home office and service line and water backup, which are things that pe we think people really need, might not be necessarily covered. So the core of it, you know, making the coffee good, right? The core of it is the core insurance product has to be relevant. It has to be a strong product. Around that core product, we believe that there is an opportunity to help create better outcomes for our customers, right? Better help them protect their homes, have a better engagement model such that we're always getting them the right coverage that they need, that their policy is tailored to their particular situation. And that, you know, there are touch points with them where we're, where we're helpful to them in preventing that next claim. So the core is always insurance, but around it, we believe there's opportunities to add value. It's interesting that your goals are aligned. And that's so important. What's good for Hippo is good for the customer and vice versa. Absolutely. Part of the opportunity, right, that we've identified is that the existing system and the existing relationship with, you know, between insurers and the customers is sometimes uh, too transactional and uh, at, at times actually might be adversarial, right? Like yes. when one wins, the other loses and, and, and vice versa. And we think that by aligning with our customers, there is a way to create a better, it's just a better way to basically create alignment and eventually create better outcomes. Because when we're creating better outcomes, 
we're obviously also winning, right? Our customers are winning. We are also winning. And that's what we're trying to do. So then I'll ask you a question that we've asked many insure techs. Are you an insurance company or are you a technology company? Ah, so we are absolutely both. Uh, and we absolutely have to balance between insurance and technology and technology and insurance. If we do one well without the other, you know, we're not going to win. And so <laughs> we are always constantly balancing between both. We're an insurance company that is using technology to modernize the insurance experience and to create better outcomes for homeowners. Well, you know, most insure techs answer that question, we're a technology company. And for whatever reasons and maybe good reasons, but I think that you've hit the nail on the head. They don't call it insure tech for nothing. Mm-hmm. So I loved your answer. I thought that was a great answer and it's fair. You, you went down the middle, but that's fair. You can only create a good coffee experience if the actual coffee tastes good. And at the core of it, insurance is a product that people really need. And the yes. product has to fit, has to, has to be a better product. <laughs> well, we've run out of time and we've taken a lot of your time and we didn't even really, <laughs> you're bigger than one interview, man. Okay. <laughs> I, I hope you know that. I mean, we didn't even really talk about like various channels and how you guys are taking advantage of things like what you're doing with Lennar as an example. There's still more ground to talk about. So we're going to be on you to come back and talk more for the salespeople in our audience, like myself, to talk more about selling, the selling of insurance and how you do it. Would you do that with us sometime? Would love to. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, we thank you so much for coming today, and we'll look forward to that next time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You know, some people are so broad and interesting and have so much to talk about and offer. You can't even get to it all in one 45-minute or so podcast, right? That is correct. And, and today was one of those examples. I mean, we, we talked about all kinds of interesting things, all about hippo. And we never really got to talking about the mechanics of his particular role. Right. I mean, there are so many things that we want to talk about. Really, what's the strategy behind Hippo? Why are you doing all the things that you're doing? Not, you know, we today we got to talk about a lot about strategic partnerships. But really, what? How are you selling your policies? Advertising. I want to get deeper into mm -hmm. the world. Distribution of, channels. Uh, distribution channels. We need to get deeper into the onion of Hippo. Oh wow! That's right. Wow. I went there. I went there. <laughs> you, you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, we're recording this particular part of the podcast on a Friday afternoon. So Lee's, 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 Lee can smell the weekend from here. And it doesn't smell like an onion, I want you to know. No, it doesn't. It smells okay. like a bed full of roses. Smells like roses. That's right. Okay, roses. So we'll look forward to part two of our interview with Yuval, which will be coming up soon. So please look for that from us as well. We thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being part of our community. And until next time, we say 